what is going on it is your girl amelia x rated and we are here again within the safe space the non-judgmental space of nama fuck you and on this episode it's a special one for me i always say every special every episode is special but this one is special because uh we are going to be conversing for an hour with my favorite yogi uh she has short hair like me i swear she's like don't take this the wrong way love but i swear you're the white version of me mm-hmm. it's, I, your sister said that all good yep. <laughs> so this beauty this queen elise like i said my favorite yogi is here with us and we're gonna talk we're gonna chop it up about how she applies nama fuck you to her life um but i'm gonna give her a chance to introduce herself so that you know we're able to receive her the way that she wants us to Hello. Um, what's up, everyone? My name is Elise. I am a yogi. I am a yoga teacher here in New York City. I currently live in Brooklyn, but I do work in Manhattan sometimes. I also am a wellness creative, and I am a bartender. I Before I became a full-time yoga teacher in the fall of 2019, I taught bartending for about six years and most of my career was in Boston and then came to New York, flipped it up. And now I'm just kind of exploring this place of bringing both wellness and yoga movement, all of that good shit together. So I am just, I'm just so happy to be here with you and thank you for asking me to be on here. Yes, of course. Why wouldn't I? Um, And at the end, I'm gonna ask that you give your, you know, your IG, your IG plug because mm. you definitely have to tap in when um, Elise goes live and she does her yoga and whatever. I mean, the ambiance when you tap in on your lives is like, I fall asleep. Aesthetics, man. Aesthetics. Aesthetics are everything. Everything. <laughs> I am a third generation Libra. Half my chart is air. Like, see, if, if aesthetics, it, even if even if you're sad, you gotta look good being sad. Yes, listen, that's, that's like, like. Listen, that was like 2020. Like us all rocked us in our own way, and yep. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be in pain. I am depressed, but man, it, my fucking nails look good that's a win. Like, so when I bring people into teaching fitness and teaching yoga, I show them that it doesn't need to be the cookie cutter way that we've seen, you know, marketing done and the bodies that are in being advertised, like you can be sensual, you can be pretty, you can be strong. And so when I teach on IG or when I've done like on demand videos you know i i've I've filmed for soul cycle i am there in full face of makeup i am there with my hair completely bleached Mm -hmm. and my jewelry because it that's just yeah so i appreciate you for (laughs) noticing that energy yes because um i'm someone who really i don't a lot of people say you don't look how you feel and Mm -hmm. i pride myself on that because Mm -hmm. i feel like Mirrors are always around. You can access a mirror anywhere. And for me, as a kid, like growing up, every time I look in the mirror, I hated what I saw. I hated who I saw because, you know, I was overweight. I was shopping in the boys section because I couldn't fit girls 7 to 18 
Um, Same. You know, Same. and yeah. it was awful to me because I was also being bullied because of the image that people saw. But after after a while, you know, you hit puberty, you get older, and your hips start, you know, spreading, and you, you start budding in places that you didn't think you could bud. And your whole mindset changes a little bit because you're getting attention from boys. But then mm-hmm. you realize that that's all negative attention. And mm-hmm. if you want someone to love you for who you are, you have to love yourself first. Yeah, catch me. I catch my glimpse in a mirror every time I walk by it. It's it's something that I've noticed about myself. And I remember having a friend and being with her daughter. And she was like, you two always look at a mirror when you walk by. And I'm like, <laughs> and I do. And, and a lot, I have a, you know, a similar story, having been bullied since the age of what's kindergarten, first grade, six years old for being overweight, you know, and I was, I was also verbally um, bullied by my father because of my weight. So for me, being in this body, that's healthy, that's thick, that's strong, that's, you know, um, capable. Mm -hmm. I, when I like view a mirror, it's kind of like this, I see you. Right. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, admire the, the transition also, as I grow older, you know, I'm going to be 33 this fall. And I, I take really, I take really big care of my skin. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's not me nitpicking my face, but it's like, let me admire this hard work of keeping myself in the best shape that I can be. And I don't mean like body shape, but I mean, just like, energetically spiritually like i believe that what is happening in your inner world it shows on your face yes it does it's a and like yeah it's pretty yeah and like and when you say you know people i don't look like what i've been through mm-hmm. and and people have said that um really over the last three four months um you know with how 2020 went for me and it was yeah i went through that shit yeah yeah, what you're reading, that was me. Mm-hmm. And um, I carry it with me, but I don't allow it to destroy me. Amen. So I totally, totally, totally can relate. Yeah. It's almost um, it's almost like Nama Fuck You incepted itself way before mm-hmm. I even knew what it was. <laughs> um, because as soon as I was diagnosed with lupus, that's when I said, you know what, Amelia? Things have to change because the way lupus functions is stress. So if you stress, it triggers Mm. a lot of the symptomatic processes that go on in your body, however lupus affects you, right? So Mm. I have to stop stressing. How do you do that? I can't live in a bubble, Mm. but a a lot of how we respond to people is by, you know, insecurities that we have within ourselves. So now I have to, I have to work on me on top of working on my health, which is a part of me. So I'm doing it from the inside out. Now, years later, um, I was diagnosed in 2012. We're now in 2021. Years later, I have, like how you say, you, you pride yourself on your skin regimen. Like, that's me. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm. mind spending a whole bunch of money on hydrolonic acid and vitamin mm. C and grapefruit and pineapple is my big thing now that thing cost me 58 bucks but Mm. my face is big for me you know because Mm. lupus affects it so badly um i read i took my hair i cut my hair off back in 2012 again it was Mm. it made it didn't it was weight it was weight to me and i said i'm not gonna carry that weight with me anymore um 
So those that, that, that was mine. I'm a fuck you. This is not even my episode, but you see <laughs> how we vibe. So <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. It's good to share. It's good to share because there's so many parallels between you and I. Because I um, shaved my hair off the beginning of 2020. <laughs> um, I think like on January 9th. That was a big day for me. And I and I was living in Brooklyn at the time and then went up to Boston to get it done by my stylist of like six years. And he, people that knew me in, in Boston, like I always had long blonde hair, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was known for my hair and it didn't matter the size of my body, I always had long, beautiful hair mm-hmm. and um, men loved my hair mm-hmm. and um I loved that men loved my hair. Um, and so when the time came and I sat in that chair, I almost didn't do it. And my stylist, he called me out and he was like, what changed? And a lot of it had to do around the fact that I was afraid men wouldn't find me desirable anymore if I yeah. shaved my hair off. Yeah. And um, I sat in that chair and I take, took a couple breaths and I closed my eyes and I meditated on it for like 30 seconds. And I was like, I am not a woman who's going to walk in this world afraid to take a step in whatever direction I want because of what a man might think. Mm-hmm. And that was like the moment where I stood up for myself. And when I tell you that I was a different person because he videotaped me from the mirror of my expression changing. Mm-hmm. it was like two different people yep. and I felt like I had a weight off too. You know, there are some people that grow their hair and they they feel closer and more connected to God, right? Because yeah. their hair is an extension of them. And I respect that. And I love that. And for me, I felt like a lot of spirit was in my hair, you know, mm-hmm. me always being desired because I had long, beautiful hair. You know, I had a pretty face and hair, not necessarily the, the most desired body. Right. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of sexual history in my hair. When you have long ass hair there, you know, and let me tell you, that was gone. It was like the expectation of what I needed to be for people to be beautiful in this world. The expectations of past relationships and past lovers. Like I shaved them off that day. Um, And I don't know when I'll grow my hair back if I want to, if that's meant for me, but I love having no hair on my head, shorter the better. (laughs) You look absolutely beautiful. And it's crazy that, you know, I had that same, that same feeling with my hair. You know, you get this Mm. attention and even though my hair wasn't blonde, I did go, I did go platinum once with hair. That was it's the length. It's the length. It's not even the color half the time. It's just the length. Length in society. It's just the longer the hair, the beautiful the woman. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as I cut my hair, and I don't know if you can attest to this, as soon as I cut my hair, the attention that I received, Mm -hmm. it got to a point where the barber that I was that I was that I had at the time would like rub not even rub, let me say caress my head mm. like oh my god mm. you have a perfect size head shaped head and mm. i'm just like man mm. let me pay you so i can go home um yeah i've actually been harassed um <laughs> by one guy and it's interesting because i was in an area that i would deem for myself safer 
because of the demographics. So I was over in Hell's Kitchen. And if anybody knows, Hell's Kitchen is predominantly known as one of the gay districts like Chelsea, New York City, and Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was during the summer of COVID, so last summer, and I was just hanging out with my friend who lives over there. And he's like, let's just go walk around, get some air. Cool. Well, when I say get air, people were literally having block parties. Ooh. And, you know, it's COVID, so everybody's distant. You get a mask on, you drink your drink, because everything was to go in the summer. You could have a margarita and walk around with it. It was legal. Right. And long story short, this dude walks up to me, trying to scope me and my friend out for a threesome and uh, ended up on harassing me and touching my hair, grabbing my head, kissing my head. And then a bunch of like cisgender white gay men were laughing about it going, can I touch it too? And I'm like, oh, so this is another type of, this is another, this is new. Mm -hmm. This is, this is new. Cause before you couldn't, it's, uh, it's inappropriate to touch a woman's body parts but you can rub my head. And like, I mean that jokingly, totally sarcastic. You cannot fucking touch my head. Um, But it was, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, You know, and I, I reflected on that. I noticed that my boundaries, I now have an idea of what energy I need to um, be aware of now that I don't have hair on my head because I stick out like a sore thumb. wherever I go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it's interesting what I thought would happen, the fear, exact opposite, right? I get hit on more, I have gotten more opportunities. Um, I know because of the way that I look now, and it's, I never chopped my hair off for anybody but me. Yeah. Mm. So it's a really beautiful space to be in to see such appreciation. Um, for doing something that I just wanted to do for myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's dope now that you you've done that and you're not looking for the validation of a man or a validation mm-hmm. from anyone. So that's yeah. that's a testament. That's a that's a testament to the person that you are growing into, the person that you have become. So I would definitely pat yourself on the back because girlfriend, Thank you, you did dear. that. Thank you, my dear. Doing it flawlessly. Thank you. Um, I also want to thank you and appreciate you because, you know what, I usually give a rundown of what namafucky means, but it seems like we're having more namafucky moments <laughs> all condensed into points. So this is dope. I appreciate this because yes. it's, you know, it's it's organic. I love, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the organic aspect of it. Um, but... Give me a more detailed um, occurrence where you said, you know, Nama fuck you to either a person, place, or thing. And real quick, so Nama fuck you is a playoff of Namaste. Of course, you know what Namaste means. Mm. Um, and Constance, you know, she says, Nama is the peace. And then fuck you is just fuck you. Respectfully. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone in, in every episode has given at least one account or two accounts of when they said Nama fuck you to something. Um, mm. So I'm gonna give you some space and some time to mm. uh, let us tap into your your life for a little bit and hear about mm. an occurrence where you said nah, fuck. Yeah. Um, so I have been in. So 
for those listening, I originally grew up in Massachusetts. Um, I grew up in Worcester. Worcester. Um, Worcester. Worcester. <laughs> Worcester. Um, grew up in Worcester, but Boston to me is 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 home. Um, I lived there for most of my 20s and uh, left Boston permanently for since, excuse me, since uh, spring 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and previously, before that, I had done like a winter in San Francisco. As a bartender, you know a lot of people, your life can be a little bit more fluid, fluid being mm-hmm. able to like kind of move around the pieces. Um, so I had lived in San Francisco the winter of 2018 and I went there for only a few months. I had never been to the West Coast. I had never lived outside of Massachusetts. So um, other than New York for like a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And so going out there um, was a very personal experience for me. And I grew a lot, a lot, a lot, especially if you're 3,000 miles away from somebody you're in love with. (laughs) And, um, you know, a parent that is like your best friend, um, I didn't stay out there. So, but I always said, maybe I'd go back because California, like I, if I could be in the sun and be topless all fucking day long, I would like California vibe and energy in terms of nature, that kind of like organic just being able to enjoy being the enjoy the outdoors mm-hmm. really appealed to me. And so fast forward, um, you know, I moved 2019, about spring 2019, moved to Brooklyn. The fall of 2019, I totally leave bartending, become a yoga teacher full time. Fast forward, pandemic hits. Um, and then the beginning of April, I lost my mother. And so I experienced quarantine very differently from a lot of people, isolation, grieving differently from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And the summer of 2020, I just was kind of like, what is, you know, what is next for me? Am I supposed to stay in Brooklyn? Like I loved where I lived, um, you know, with your, with your sister and got a phone call or a text, I should say, uh, about like October, this past October, 2020, from an old coworker I had back in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And when I was out there, I worked at a yoga studio as a yoga assistant and enjoyed the culture at the time. At the time, 2018 Elise enjoyed, you know, being in a hot room for five hours at <laughs> a time and demoing a class for half of it and, and adjusting people for the other half. The Elise that always felt like she needed to push and perform and show people that in a 200 pound body, I can fucking hold a plank, you know, very performative. I enjoyed that culture because I could prove myself. Right. So fast forward to get the, you know, I get a text. Would you consider moving to California to teach full time? And when I was out there, I wasn't teaching. I was being an assistant. And teaching for this company is very specific because you teach to the beat of the music. Mm -hmm. Um, So you really have to understand rhythm. you got to love music. 
and you have to know how to fucking teach yoga, mm-hmm. you know, in a safe, safe way. Um, and so I was at this point where it's end of September, it's near my birthday. I get this text and I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to leave. Because right. I always said that I would go back after my mom passed and she did. So, you know, and I, I'm not married. I don't have a partner. I'm not even talking to somebody. I don't have kids. Like when I tell you it's me, it's me. I don't have siblings. My dad is not in my life. I have an aunt who I talk to weekly, but other than that, like it is all me. And so, and I, my ex is no longer in my life. So the, the person that I was in love with when I was out there. So I was kind of left with my, I don't have these attachments and here's this opportunity to go back to the West coast. Mm -hmm. So I went, I took the leap. I sold everything in my apartment. I shipped two boxes and I had two suitcases and I got on that plane with my plants and I arrived in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I joke that I was bamboozled. (laughs) Um, You know, I bamboozled. That's like my word is bamboozled. (laughs) Um, People will, people will tell you the bits and pieces that sound attractive in order to pull you in. Yep. So I thought, oh, I vibed. I was into that in 2018. This is going to fit me in 2020. Well, it was, it did not fit me at all. And the biggest thing that is important as a yoga teacher and as a wellness professional is how are yoga studios and these companies making it accessible? Um, And how are they marketing, you know? And with Black Lives Matter back in June, I mean, Black Lives Matter is every fucking day. But when, um, during the pandemic, when the movement really sprouted, a lot of yoga studios were scrambling to do this like performative hiring, you know, like yoga is known for being so fucking white. And it's really important for me as a white teacher, no matter what people might think my race is, I am white. So I always move from the space of being a white person. And I question companies on how, they hire, what they teach, who it appeals to. And so when I arrived, it was really, 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 really fucking disheartening that they performatively hired a young black woman to lead their two studios who wasn't even finished yoga teacher training. And I was like, wait, so you hired this woman because of her skin color and you're doing her a huge fucking disservice because she's not equipped for this role right now. Now, if she has more training, right. And she finishes what she needs to, she'll be able to step into that space, confident and, and, and proud, especially in front of a room full of white people. And then I walked in and I'm just like, 
what the fuck is this? And that was the moment, and I was in it. Like, girl, I made the choice. I left Brooklyn. I left New York. I just spent over $1,000 to move all my shit in an airplane ticket and signed a lease. Right. So I'm looking around being like, oh, fuck. And um, I navigated it the best that I could. And then about three weeks into being there, so when I got hired, masks were not mandatory. There was a there was a cutoff of the amount of people that you could teach to. Now, mind you, the job that I had, I was teaching in a 110 degree room with a mic. And because of COVID, we didn't have somebody demoing the class, like the job I used to have as an assistant. Mm-hmm. I now had to teach and demo half the class. Um, and I was just trying to float along. I was like, I signed up for this. This is what I'm, I'm here. I got to make it work. Right. It's income. Like I only have unemployment in New York. Our studios have totally been affected. And, um, and when I got hired, the mass, there were certain restrictions because SF was in like the lowest. Mm-hmm. Three weeks in, they're on the brink of a total shutdown worse than what New York is right now. And I, being the perceptive, smart, intelligent person that I am, started to notice that the tear was slowly creeping to an ultimate shutdown. So I hit up corporate and I was like, hey, um, do you have a shutdown plan? Like you, you hired me, I moved across the country. Like, do you have any sort of, I mean, SF has beautiful weather. Their, their winters are 50, 60 degrees. Like, I thought they were going to, like, have something set up where it's outside. Like, you know, you, right. don't, you don't hire someone. You didn't have to hire someone across the country. They could have hired someone locally. Locally, yeah. You know? And, they, and, and my person who had texted me about the job was actually my roommate now. And I had realized that it, it wasn't, there was a status of the company and the way in which it was run that I was not being told transparent about mm. when I say bamboozled, you know, it was kind of like, let's get her out here because she's the most experienced person we'll have. And then we'll figure it out as we go. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And so I sent an email, girl, they never responded to my email. I sent an email that nothing to say. I sent an email being like, Hey, so I noticed we're on the third tier. What's going to happen with the shutdown. Do you have any plans? No response, but you got an email getting sent to me about what my sequence and playlist is for the week. Wow. Oh, we ain't, we aren't doing this. We, we, we don't, we don't operate from this space. And, um, a lot of not much boundaries too. That was that was something I noticed in terms of corporate with teachers and there was a lack of boundaries. Like everybody acted like they weren't, they acted like they were all siblings, like they were a family. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is with this yoga community and thinking love and light and then we're all one? Like, no, no, no. You pay me to teach your format. This is a business transaction. Mm-hmm. I give you my energy to teach yoga to these people in your setting 
and you pay me. Exactly. And there was just the way things were done. I was like, this is strange. This is not for me. This is, this is no. And the following week we did get a shutdown. And because I give myself props, I had already started looking for places back in Brooklyn. I had already started putting feelers out and was like, Hey, you and you and you, you know, an apartment, let me know. I think I'm going to have to be back for January. This shit is not looking good. Nobody got me, but me. And these people don't have my back. Right. And so apart, it was, it was sort of this blessing perhaps in disguise because I was already in my soul being like, this is not for me. This is not for me. And when I tell you that my transition back to New York was almost flawless, it was almost flawless. It was like my transition there and my transition back. It was like I had never done San Francisco for two and a half months. And I, I am so proud of myself for seeing how these people were doing their business in terms of how their business was run, um, the teachers they were hiring, and that, that's even apart from race, but the kind of people they were hiring, the kind of culture they were creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to see an opportunity to get out of there and going, that doesn't work for me. I wish you the best, but I'm going to go this way. And grace of God and through my own healing and growth, I left not really petty. Mm -hmm. I, I was very to the point I've had to set boundaries with them reaching out to me about something. You know, I get a text message at 11 o'clock at night about a password on a laptop. Mm, And I'm like, I'm like, um, I don't know. And I sent an email the next day and I was like, Hey, so if you have anything about business related, please email me and I will get back to my earliest convenience. Please do not text my personal number. And that's my way of telling someone, Hey, like you're going to do you, but go fuck yourself. These are my rules and these are my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to move in a space where I can put my foot down. I might not be nice about it, but I'm going to be kind. Right. You know, and, and and I always say, like, whenever I'm like, fuck you, it's like, it's kind of this energy of, it's, it's a, <laughs> it used to be so aggressive, but now I say it in a way that's more playful. Yeah. Right. And, you know, at first I had a lot of anger that this company who I had worked for, who knew, who knew me, who had, you know, done all these trainings with and and, like formed a relationship with to not have any, they had no remorse or had any response to me having to move me moving back and forth, moving across the country. Like they didn't, they didn't even acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really challenging moment for me to go, how can I step out of this? Tell them to go fuck themselves and hold my head up high. Exactly. And so, you know, coming, moving forward, a lot of it is, you know, there's conversations like this, people 
have asked me, why are you back in New York? Like who moves cross country twice during a pandemic, never mind four months before had lost their mother who was like their best friend in a really traumatic way. Who, like what? Like at least you've been through enough and now you're back in New York and it's 2021. And so I had a lot of anger that they, you know, and then I realized that it's not, I'm going to take that and I'm going to, I got to move forward, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've been back, I've been back in New York a month now. Um, The first week I was back, I started, you know, filming with SoulCycle. Um, SoulCycle has uh, an app in which people can ride at home. And I did that during the pandemic. Um, and kind of when I came back here, when I talk about flawless, it was just like, okay, Elise, do you want to film some rides? You know, my old job here, um, Y7, who I'm still connected to, I did, you know, film something for them. And for me, when someone does me wrong or where something doesn't work out for me, it's kind of like with a smile, like, fuck you, I'm going this way. Right. And I, and, and may you be blessed in your corner and may karma not, not just fuck you up, but <laughs> teach you a very kind lesson. Yep. But I, but I don't want to do it anymore. You know, I don't, I don't want to be the lesson for people anymore. That's not my purpose on this earth is to be the lesson for these companies like, or, or, or people, you know, I've always felt like in my dating life, I'm always the the lesson the man learns that like, oh, I have to heal. Yeah. I can't keep using alcohol. Like I'm, that's not my purpose is to be the lesson to uplift everyone. Like I get to save some of that for myself. You do. You know, you do. so, so we're here, we're, 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 we're in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's, it's snowing here today. Um, you know, I, it is my life in the way that I move is the biggest fuck you that I can give anybody that's ever done me wrong. And I, and I, and I do that when I teach my classes, you know, when I teach my yoga classes and, and, God willing, if it's in the cards, I'll teach cycling going forward and get back to personal training. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I, I let people do me wrong. I let people act how they need to be. And I've decided to just move differently when I have to take a step away and just go, that's not for me, you know, and it's, they offered me in, in San Francisco, you know, they wanted to offer me $200 a week to teach and the digital classes. And I was like, well, my rent's $13.50. So that's definitely not going to work. That's definitely not going to work. Um, and so I went, okay, how do I problem solve? Right. Instead of me, you know, my, I was like problem solving and the way that I move was my way of being like, peace, but go fuck yourself. You know, and I was like, hey, I am moving. You have me for two weeks. I will teach your digital classes. I will do that. And then I am not available. I cannot be associated with you going forward after two weeks. I need to do what's best for me. Mm -hmm. And that was that. And then I took all my energy to build my life here back in Brooklyn again, you know, and 
and and so so we're here we're, we're doing the unemployment dance we're figuring out what's next we're creating content you know i i now i'm calling myself a wellness creative mm-hmm. um because i want to take my, my my skills and my talent that i had at bartending and creating cocktails for five years um you know i i don't really drink anymore i maybe drink twice a week but i don't really drink hard liquor mm-hmm. um so I want to start introducing people to like non-alcoholic spirits, non-alcoholic cocktails, something that uplifts you, you know, versus like bringing you into that dark hole. Right. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't say that I'm sober, but I want to be as present as I can for my life. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to start um, working with some brands who do non-alcoholic spirits that are like adaptogen based amino acid based so kind of like mixing my yeah which is so dope um but fusing you know my my passion for creating and and wellness so that's that's another way where i'm being like peace have fun out there do what you do mm-hmm. but i'm going to come back here and i'm going to align with things that better suit who i am and who mm-hmm. i want to be mm-hmm. yeah yeah that yeah. is absolutely a beautiful way of saying Nama fuck you without mm-hmm. actually saying Nama fuck you. And I just want to spotlight something that you said mm-hmm. about how people questioned you on your movement during a time mm-hmm. where the government told us to stop. Um, mm-hmm. there, is, there is beauty in chaos. And I love that because... Um, mm-hmm. You find more growth when you are um, when you sprout against all odds, like the rose that grew from concrete. And mm-hmm. your story reminds me so much of that phrase, the rose that grew from concrete, because you kept moving no matter your no matter what, man. Your mom passes, um, and of course, I I always send my healing energy, my healing vibes, and always positivity away. Um, but you never let that stop you. You moved. No. And you moved again. And every time you moved, you removed, you, re- you moved, but you removed yourself from where you were comfortable. You put yourself up against the wall, which some people would be like, why would you put yourself someplace where you can't move? But you did that because you had to, you had to seclude yourself in order to reinvent yourself. So the first move was one move. The second move, you were able to identify the fact that you have boundaries and it's time to implement those boundaries because your cup is full. You can't, you can't pour into somebody else right now because you need to remain full. And mm-hmm. how do you remain full? By removing yourself one more time and placing yourself where your energy is at peace your heart beats normal, you mm-hmm. breathe effortlessly, and you mm-hmm. can be yourself without having to exert any energy that you have it, but do you need to put it out into the, into mm-hmm. the universe? Mm-mm. 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 No, I don't. No, I, w- it's just I like... would say to all those people, fuck you, because at mm-hmm. least you did something for yourself. That's why so many people are so angry because they don't know what to do. They, they don't have 
they don't they don't find the space they don't find the time to sit with self and do something for themselves because they're so used to latching on to other people and you've said this so many times right now like it's you it's only mm. you and there are so many people who are living today not even living they're just existing today who are afraid to stand alone and you do it flawlessly. You do it effortlessly. I'm sorry that you had to go through so many trials and tribulations to get to where you are. But the next time you look in the mirror, I want you to kiss yourself because you made it. And mm. I'm going to cry because, no. you know, it's, it's beautiful to see somebody and hear their story. And remember when I sent you that long Instagram DM? I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just that you move you move me, you know, and I still have my mom. And because of you, I appreciate her a lot more because she's my best friend. Just how your mom was your best friend. And mm -hmm. I just, I wouldn't, you're teaching me how to be able to cope. Not that she's not, not here, but you know, it's just a different way of seeing somebody. Yeah. Um, and you definitely, and you definitely taught me how to be a, a lot more secure in being alone. Cause I always talk about, you know, loneliness and being alone mm. and all of that, but you can mm. talk about it so much, but do you actually mm. practice what you're saying? You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you say about like moving forward, I, for me, I made sure to keep going because that's what my mother want, would have wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was her only child. She had me at 23 mm -hmm. and um, it was just her and my dad. And my dad had just started his own business six, when I was six months old. Mm -hmm. And she did everything she could for me to not have the life that my parents had yep. from, you know, alcohol abuse, drug addiction, you know, molestation, like all of it exists within my DNA. Yeah. Like, you know, and she had, she had instilled in me as a child, we have to keep going, we have to keep going. And her and I went through a lot together. I had a, a very, very chaotic childhood, very chaotic 20s. Um, you know, my mother had MS and she was living her life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. She's like, she would say, I don't, she was dating men my age, you know? And she, she'd be like, I don't know when I'm going to go. I don't know, but I'm not going to stop living and I'm going to keep right. going. She's like, we're going to go on that vacation. And when I get my money, you know, my mother was on disability. And then, and she was like, when I, when I save the money, like, we're going to go on that vacation. And I always said, I'm like, I'm going to take us on that vacation. Like I will get us there. Um, and so we had all, her and I always moved forward, always. It was always moved forward. And that was something that I also had done on my alone. You know, I, I, again, I don't have siblings and my dad's not in my life. And my mother was in and out of the mental hospital for about four or five years. Mm -hmm. So I went through that by myself. And um, so I, I've had this muscle and I have been, um, strengthening that muscle that's also why i believe that i've always attracted men who needed a very strong motherly figure because i'm like the the, the bad strong bitch of the yeah. group and um so i um you know 
attracted men where they were in their journey of needing that strength. Mm -hmm. And now as I move forward, I had, I had, when my mother got diagnosed with MS, I thought like, I I knew I was going to be alone around 40. I knew that I had, so my mom was maybe 60. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had like faced that fact. I had like lived in that. Did I think that, you know, I wouldn't get to see her, that the last words would be through a phone. I, 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 you know, that's another day for another time, that kind of story. Um, there was a type of strength that I had never thought existed and a perspective of life that I never thought I would ever touch. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about growth and being in certain situations, like when you are being sat down during a pandemic in front of a funeral home and you're signing papers to your, like you, you that's up against the wall. Mm-hmm. I never thought like, and people wouldn't want to touch me. Nobody would, friends wouldn't come near me because I was living in New York everybody had to wear a mask and I'm sitting at this, here's your piece of paper. I have no parent with me. I have no sibling. I have her brother and her sister mm-hmm. who, you know, I, I love them both dearly, but I'm like, you know, the weird one of the group because I moved to Brooklyn, shaved my head and I'm having this non-traditional life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that moment I was like, okay, here we are. Okay. This was her birthday. Okay, this is her best. Be- like when I tell you up against, the- and it was something from that moment. I always say that the day I got like a phone call and my mother had passed, that part of me died, and there was a part of me that grew. It was like uh, literally, I the rose from concrete. I I just I relate to that so much. Also about lotus growing from the mud. But it was in that moment, like you know, one day, God willing, I would have never have wanted my mother to live without me. Mm-hmm. That kind of pain, I would never have wanted for my mother. But we know that eventually, a parent will go before us. Yes, and. Um, you, you prepare yourself as much as you can until that moment. Like it's when it happens, no matter how it happens, it's mm-hmm. traumatic. And that is part of our evolution. I think it's human. It's part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a relationship with a parent. So I feel as though that I, I'm, I'm glad that my transparency and what I've shared has allow you to see a, a light that is still in your physical life but I want to share with you and anybody, I feel so connected to my mother that I just miss her physical presence. Mm-hmm. I, 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 how I have been supported through my moving, um, it's it, with money and money that was my mother's and then it became mine during, like when I tell you that I was supported it was like my mother was saying, get the back, get buck back to New York. Mm-hmm. That's where you need to go. And I will walk around and I will have, you know, it was weird. I had filmed a, a ride with Soul Cycle after I got back from, from San Francisco. And I remember being on the phone with my aunt because we were all saying our goodbyes in the studio and they were taking a break and they were like, we're so thankful for all of you. And I share with people, I'm like, you literally watch in all of these filmings of someone who just lost their mom and who use movement to move through their grief. Mm-hmm. And I tell, like, there would be days I wouldn't leave my apartment, but I knew that I was about to film and that I was going to be on an app in front of millions of people that I had to show up. Oh, yeah. 
So that app helped me. And that day, you know, I got really emotional. I was like, bye guys, I gotta go. Like, I love you all. You know what this is meant for me. But I remember being on the phone with my aunt. And one thing my mother always joked about and, and loved were pussy willow flowers. And I have yet to see them. And I kept looking for them after she passed. And I'm on the phone with my aunt crying. And all of a sudden I take a corner to go to this one bodega. I always get my, my plants from over in Hell's Kitchen and there's pussy willows. And I was like, okay, I need to get my pussy willows. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking down the street and I'm on the phone with my aunt and I'm just like vibing with her. And what do I say? I see mom's restaurant. And I, it's like those things that I'm caught, like I'm very, I'm a very spiritual person and I have a practice and I, I truly in my heart feel very connected to not only my mother, but my grandmother mm -hmm. who passed when I was 17. Um, and I, there's just a fighting spirit about me. I, I think it's, there's, there's something that I've, 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 I've been blessed with the sort of strength and the grace to be able to, I think, translate it to people. So, you know, I think when you say flawlessly, I appreciate that because sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to share. I don't know what people <laughs> will think, you know, because there's, you know, a pressure of, of, you know, you're 32 and single and you don't really own anything and right. all of those things on my shoulders. Um, but I've always tried to move from a space these past 10 months of this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. This is what I've been through and look what I'm still doing. Yeah. Like it's not a, my mother's death is not my death sentence. Mm -hmm. I'm not dead yet. I'm not. And until that I can't take my last breath, I won't stop going forward, you know? And, um, and I, and I did, I, I definitely learned that from my mother. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you have to, you essentially, you have to keep going. The hardest part about death is the fact that life goes on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that you are, you miss her physical, but you're connected to her spiritually, emotionally. She is a part of your, your makeup. You know what I'm saying? She's absolutely at all times. Um, I always laugh because I, if my, if my dad passes, he's me, like I'm the female version of him. It's sickening. And mm -hmm. I have the same birthmark. So I always say to myself, if he passes, I feel like I'll feel that birthmark, you know, like it's weird. Mm -hmm. I, it's super mm -hmm. weird, but mm. like some like my superpowers will ignite, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I, and I think, you know, um, there's just a, there's a lot it's, um, I just didn't, I think the most for me and that whole idea of like being alone, mm -hmm. it's like you're 32, Yeah. you know, and, um, I'm not young, but I'm not old. <laughs> and as I navigate this space, I have to constantly come back to the idea of I need to make sure that I take care of myself. Right. Because I really, all that I have more than I ever thought, you know, yeah. even when it came to that company out there in my mind, I could have, if it didn't work, I could have went back and stayed with my mom for a bit because I always had done that. Whether I was moving New York, Boston, San Francisco, my mom was always that place where I could stay with her to right. find my bearings again. Mm -hmm. So when that company pulled their shit 
and we're looking around and like, I'm like, okay, I, this is not, there's no safety net. Nope. Girl, you are the safety yes. net. Yep. You need to move differently because you don't got the safety net. Mm -hmm. You got like, so I, that, and that's when, you know, when I started to notice things from how the business was run to the shutdown situation, I was like, what is my exit plan? Mm -hmm. Because I need to get out of here. Yeah. Because I don't have anything to fall back on. Like I need something more concrete. I need stability, especially because we're going into now a new year mm -hmm. with COVID still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, even talking to you about it, I'm like, I did that. <laughs> you did that. You definitely did that. I did that. Like, you but do. when you have to do it, you do it. You know, like when you got to do something, you just, you have to like put the fucking focus on and go, okay, this, it's just this, there is no plan B. It, this, we got this, it's you and you go and you hope for the best. Did it, was everything perfect? No, but I did my best. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I keep coming back to is trying my best my best and giving myself grace. And then also letting myself move from a place where people are doing their best and I need to extend them grace. And that goes for that company in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, I won't, I will speak truth about my experience, but I won't go out here and spreading their name with lies and, and all of that, you know, they did the best that they could with what they had. Uh, yes. Their best is not the best for me say that again their best is not the best for me yeah and that's okay it is okay because they're all happy in how they operate mm -hmm. all good wish you the best but this is not how we work over here anymore exactly. and that um so their best was was not the best for you that can be applied to so many different situations mm -hmm. relationships <laughs> partnerships, situationships, mm -hmm. it's yep. okay to mm -hmm. essentially say, no, I'm going to fuck you to somebody who is moving different than you. I always say align yourself with a group of people that are of like mind. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm blessed to have a group of people who are of like mind, who uplift me. They don't bring me down um, and they encourage me and they motivate me. Um, and I know they love me. Um, it took, I'm 30 now, so it took a long time for that to happen. But before I end this, I do want to say this to you. Um, mm. You are about to be 33 this fall. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you have experienced, and this is coming from a 30-year-old who's experienced more in the last nine years of her life than she mm. could write down on um, five different um, notebooks. But you've experienced so much to this point today. And you're blessed, whether there's days that you don't see that. And you are going to be 33. Yes, you do not have a husband or... Um, or a wife, you know. Or, Maybe I got a husband wife. and a wife. Maybe I got see? a husband and a hot girlfriend. There Thank you. Go. Manifestation. Where where they at? Go for it. You know, they're not here yet. All right. But you know, know that. <laughs> and you're preparing yourself for 
elevations, different levels. Like life to me is a game. All right. I shouldn't say that, but it, it is like. No, I agree. I feel, I me feel too. Like I'm, I'm Mario and Luigi. Like. Yep, 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 yep. So every, every level, and you have to take deliberate steps. If not, you're going to step on a, um, what do you call it? Not the mine, the bomb thingy, my jiggies. I know, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. But you're you're taking steps, right? And and you're opening up your heart, you're opening up your mind, you're opening opening up your soul to receive different parts in order to continue to level up. And I speak this into existence for you. You are going mm-hmm. to get a stable position that's going to pay you what you are worth. Um. And they're going to ask you, you know, your, your prices and you're going to say whatever that is. And they're going to give you more than that. Mm. Um, and love that for me. It's time, for you, <laughs> it's, it's time for you to actually be alone. And I say that living in a space that you can then have for yourself and create mm. within that space. So your house will become your studio. Mm. And I'm in the middle of doing that right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's coming. It's 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 coming yeah. for you. Um, yeah. When I speak, I speak from from my my heart, my soul. Like I genuinely believe this for you. And the man and the woman might not come as fast because you gotta, you have to ground yourself first. You have to prepare yourself because when they come, you gotta have something to offer. Not saying yeah. you don't have anything to offer right now, but. You're still working on a few things. I don't want you to enter. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't want a relationship right now. I really don't want to meet. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm like not. I'm not interested. I I think. I think the only thing that would ever even change my mind about that. I think if my ex came into my life Mm -hmm. um, through, you know, our own proper healing and growth, but I don't Mm -hmm. see that happening. Right. Um, I always joke that I probably won't meet someone until I'm 40 because I just, I, I just, I don't think that my thirties are like, let me worry about someone else. Right. I have a lot right. of shit I want to do. I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of fun. Like I have so much to give that I think the world needs it versus my partner. Right. That's right. where I'm at. But if they want to show up and be a partner, you know, I'm all, I'm open to any option, but I move in a place in my, I mean, who who wouldn't want, you know, who wouldn't want to like wake up to someone every day? Listen, Um, I would love that. Listen, um, or go to bed next to someone every night. That would be nice. But some some spooning would be nice every night, you know? Absolutely. A nice warm body. (laughs) But um yeah, I just moved from a place where it's like, what can I do for me? Yep. Where you know, because I just want to be so so firm in being alone mm-hmm. that I'm not scared by it. And I'm not scared being alone. I'm like, oh, what can I do today? This is what I'm doing. What yep. you know, and I and I love that for me. And I want to live in that a bit more. And you should. You owe yeah. it to yourself. Absolutely. You definitely owe Absolutely. it to yourself. But um, I appreciate that. I'm going to take all those blessings and I'm just going to wait through the screen. I'm just going to wait for the message. Like, Amelia, um, you won't believe this. Um, you were always... right, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I told you so. Um, oh. there's, a, there's a saying, you come into this world alone and you're going to die alone. Mm-hmm. So why not live alone? Not, not necessarily live your life alone, 
but mm. be okay with it, you know, because we, a lot of people fear death like they fear life. Absolutely. And it's very important to not just exist, but to live without thinking about mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I give, I give, I hate that I have lupus. I really do amongst all the other diseases that I got going on, but it taught me to appreciate the present. I don't think about what happened yesterday mm. and I'm damn sure not thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't mm. plan things like we planned, you know, to talk, but other than that, I don't plan anything because you're not, you're not promised tomorrow, yeah. but I'm here today and I'm going to live every minute of it to the fullest because Amen. Amen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So mm. just like your mom did, MS is a, is a bitch. Yeah, she just is. Just like yeah. lupus. But yeah. we're going to live life to the fullest because you know Absolutely. what? Ain't nobody going to tell us what we can't do. But I'll tell no. you what I can do. There might be some limitations because the body don't move as fast as it used to. But damn it, I'm going to get it done and it's going to be beautiful and I'm going to look flawless as I'm doing it. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. My love, this was absolutely transcending. It was beautiful. I appreciate you. I love you. I love you too, my friend. I received everything that you shared with me today. Um, you even had me a little bit in tears, but <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> um, <laughs> that tends to happen when people talk about stuff to me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> bad. Twin, mm. thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome, my love. You're very welcome. Um, You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, you have received all of this goodness. You all are flowers that are growing through concrete, and I want you to continue to do so. Let nothing stop you. Let nothing halt you. Your situation does not determine anything negative. It will not destroy you. It will not deter you. But it should be motivation to continue to keep going. This has been another episode of Nama Fuck You. I am your host, Amelia X-Rated. Till next time, y'all.